Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Just the Good Stuff. I am your host, Rachel Mansfield, and I am so excited as always to be here, but especially excited for this week's episode because, you know, as you know, I share a new episode every other week and with the launch of Just the Good Stuff coming out today, my very first cookbook, I wanted to do, I guess you could say a little bonus episode for you guys, which I am super amped about. I wanted to kind of backtrack a little bit. You know, you hear that someone's writing a cookbook, you hear that their cookbook's coming out. And I thought that it would be really fun to dive into the backstory of how this cookbook really came about and what the process was like for me and landing a cookbook deal, the photo shoot, getting an agent, um, planning the tour, the recipes, and just really diving into the details and the behind the scenes of everything that I kind of kept a secret uh, for a couple of years from you guys. So I brought my very dear friend, Liz Moody from Healthier Together on the podcast. And she's also a cookbook author of two-time cookbook author of Healthier Together, as well as Glow Pops. And Liz was so kind enough to come all the way to Hoboken to interview me for this episode. And as a cookbook author, professional herself. I thought it'd be so great to have her come back on. And then I got all of the amazing feedback from last week's episode. And you guys really enjoyed Liz's episode and our conversation, which made me so happy. So very convenient that she just happens to be back on the podcast today. Um, I cannot thank you guys enough for screenshotting when you're listening to it and posting on your Instagram stories and letting me know and writing reviews and it really, really helps the podcast grow anything that you guys can do to share it. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. It means so much to me. Um, And thank you for your support with the cookbook. I still kind of this like surreal feeling that there's a cookbook and something tangible that I wrote and made for you guys that's out in the universe. It's just I can't even describe to you how crazy, how, how, how crazy this feels. Um, but I love seeing you guys post like a new screenshot that you buy the book on Amazon and you share it on your stories. And soon I'm gonna be able to see when you're making the recipes. Please, please tag me so I can see what you're making and I can see what you're loving. And I can also see like your spin on some of the recipes. Like when you make my fluffy vegan pancakes or sweet breakfast pizza with that oatmeal crust, what are you putting on top? How are you enjoying it? Um, and one of the things that I didn't really dive into in this episode with Liz is the chapters of the book. Um, and really what that's, in my opinion, what makes the book super unique. And, you know, we start off in the beginning of the book and talk about Buddhist therapy and my philosophy in the kitchen and how I live a labelless lifestyle. And then we dive into what's in my pantry and fridge and kitchen and my can't live without list, what to grocery shop that's organic and non-organic all my food prep essentials and how, you know, all my tips for getting ahead for for the week. And then when it comes to like the recipe content chapters, we have breakfast, snacks, extra comfort food, meat, vegetables, gatherings, solo meals, desserts. I don't know why I'm wrapping this right now, but I am just so freaking excited. So in the beginning of every chapter, you'll read about a little story Um, and something that I want to share with you guys that has to do with the recipes in that chapter. So for example, in the extra comfort food chapter, I talk all about getting fired from my job and how that led me 
to run my own brand full time. And, you know, in that chapter, you have all of the comfort food recipes. So when you had a really shitty or crummy day, you don't want to come home and have a salad. I mean, maybe you do, but I personally don't. I want to come home and I want to have that chili mac and cheese with cornless cornbread. I want to eat something that's going to like warm my heart and soul. Um, And there's been a lot of questions when it comes to like dietary preferences or allergies or anything with the cookbook. This book is 100% gluten-free. It's all, all gluten-free. I do talk a little bit about spelt flour in some parts of the book early on, but as you'll read, spelt flour and gluten-free oat flour are a one-to-one sub, and that is the only form of gluten in this book. Um, When it comes to dairy-free and paleo and plant-based, there are a lot of paleo and dairy-free recipes in this book. In fact, anything that really has dairy in it can easily be made dairy-free by using like a vegan butter or a a non-dairy cheese instead. And it's very versatile. I want you guys to take these recipes and adapt them and make them your own and really, you know, suit them to your palate and lifestyle. And if you don't eat meat, there's only one chapter that has meat recipes in the entire book. I personally do love and enjoy eating uh, quality raised meat, but I do recognize not everybody does. So I try to make that as easy to navigate as possible. Um, And in the entire book, we only have, let's see, 10 recipes that have meat. Um, And in the breakfast recipe, in the breakfast recipe chapter, there's like a maple bacon banana bread. But hey, if bacon isn't your thing, I respect that. Omit the bacon, add some extra walnuts, pecans, you can add some chocolate chips, anything you want. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling now because I want to get into this episode, but let me know what you think. I'm like going to cry. I'm blushing. I'm a little shaky right now. Let me know what you think of the cookbook. I hope to meet so many of you on the cookbook tour. The tickets are live on my site. Austin and New York are completely sold out. Um, Actually, so is LA as of right now, but please join the wait list um, for those Cities, if you would like to be there, and I'm really trying to add another New York event to the tour, um, but we still have some tickets left for West Palm Beach, which is going to be around Easter vacation. So if anyone travels to Florida for like Easter or Passover, it's during like that vacation time. And then we have a couple tickets left for Nashville and then like one or two spots left for Chicago. So all the links to the tickets are over on my blog and I'll link to them in the show notes. But Thank you guys so much for all the support. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love if you could take a brief moment or two to rate and review the episodes, like getting the DMs from you guys saying how much you love the podcast mean the world to me. But I would love even more if you would take those beautiful messages and put them on iTunes so that everyone can see how much you are enjoying the podcast. All right. Thank you. And a huge thank you to Liz Moody. Everyone, please go follow her at Liz Moody for coming back on the pod. All right, guys, I will talk to you soon. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to your podcast. (laughs) Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me in my own bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be interviewing you all about your gorgeous book, which I just got to flip through in my hands for the first time. I'll actually give it to you. It's so gorgeous. Are you very proud of it? I'm going to grab, there's another one on my desk. I'm going to grab it too. So we have both of them. Well, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know you are like very busy coming, especially coming back from all of your California 
California travels and you're seeing your mom later, which yeah, like we're going warms to see my heart. The Unthinkable Molly Brown, which is like a play I don't know now. What that is. It's a play. Was I always, whenever Rachel of a and book? I hang out, I um, tell her about culture. <laughs> it's our it's our thing we do i'm liz's most uncultured friend in the entire world here i am it's fun because i get to be I, you know what i love about you honestly i mean i love many things about you but one thing i really oh, like about you, you is that you're very confident saying when you don't know something which a lot of people aren't you're like oh what is that i haven't heard of that i don't know oh, that yeah. and that's how you learn something versus pretending you know or just being like oh yeah cool molly molly brown mm, cool I don't know who that is, but I... <laughs> She's the woman Kathy Bates plays in Titanic. Have you seen oh, Titanic? Yes, I've seen Titanic. <laughs> but I wasn't allowed to see all, like, the sex and, like, nudity scenes when I was growing up. Oh so God. I would go to, like, my neighbor's house around the corner and watch all the sex scenes. So I thought it was, like, scandalous. Like Titanic porn. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, like, it's so funny because every time I see a foggy glass, like, thing, and oh, I see I a think handprint. everybody does. Right? Yeah, okay, I think that's, like, me. a marker of our generation. I remember there was a time when every time I saw one, I would do it. My, like, I'd do the hand myself down it. You're like Leo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, but, no, I mean, there's no shame in not knowing anything i don't really read much and i don't have cable so i don't really watch television but you learn by asking you learn from people by 100%. asking and i think that's very cool thank you i appreciate that thank you yeah. so much and you're my most cultured friend <laughs> <laughs> like a good yogurt um all right let's talk i have so many questions about the book um first of all can we talk about the beautiful cover it's so pretty. It's purple. If you haven't seen it with gold foil on it, how did you guys, I think cu coming up with the cover of book is so important. Like my book is carried in anthropology and people are always like, oh, congratulations. You must be so proud. And I'm like, that's I, a huge deal though. By and the I way. am proud, but I think that it's like, you should be proud of the cover because people picked it to be an anthro because the cover is really cute. So the true. cover affects so much of a book's like Appeal appealability, how much it's appealing to you on shelves and all of that. It's such an important decision. So can you walk us through what that looked like? Absolutely. I mean, I actually think that you kicked off on like the touchiest part of the cook Let's get cookbook into process it. for me. So the cover, this is not what I had envisioned, which is crazy because I think, I mean, I say this with everything, you really can't plan what's going to end up happening in so many situations. And my book cover is a prime example of that. I actually wanted to be on the cover of my book. I just like thought that that would be, you know, the dream. Like I saw a lot of other like authors that were on the cover of their book. And there was a couple of other authors under like the Potter family. Like we're both, um, Liz is a two-time uh, book author of Healthier Together and Glow Pops. Is it Glow Pop or Glow Pops? Glow Pops. There's Glow not Pops. just one. Okay. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> a valid quote. That was a really dumb question. But Rachel. to be fair, and maybe because Rachel won't say this herself, Potter is also famous. It's a imprint of P Penguin Random House, and it's where many of the celebrity authors are. So you have like Chrissy Teigen, Ina Garten, um, Trisha Yearwood, um, basically like really, really famous people. And that's maybe why like people who are famous in Hollywood Vanity Fair party famous. Which is why maybe their face is on the And cover. then there's like Liz and Rachel like on the bottom <laughs> barrel. Like, I guess we could use some more books for the year. Like, let's bring them in. Which, no, <laughs> I really kidding. don't. I do, I do want to be hesitant about um, sometimes, especially when I was a food editor, I could, I could downplay the accomplishment of writing a book because I would get sent so many books. Yeah. And because I have friends who are writing books. And I think we do live in this sort of rarefied world. And it still is one of the coolest things I think you can achieve. Oh my God, totally. So, so proud of it. Thank you so um, much. It's definitely one of those bucket list 
items for sure. Like I never thought that I would write a book at all. And the fact that it's like actually here and it happened and it's the evolution of my blog, like in something tangible. And something it's finally, ta- it feels so tangible. Yeah. I mean, it's something that people can gift and pass down and all those things. So we'll get back yeah. to the whole evolution of the book. But when you were like, I want to be on the yes. cover, what did they say? So I always wanted to be on the cover. And I was told from the start from a couple of friends that were under Potter as well, that like, I, I likely would not be on the cover. And I remember saying, no, I'll be on the cover. Like it'll happen. <laughs> and then we did the photo shoot and my a photographer is Aubrey Pick, who is, I'm like, I like shake even talking or thinking about her. Cause she's so talented at what she does. Like she is the best of the best, in my opinion, when it comes to food photography. I'm she obsessed with her. She did both of Chrissy's books, right? Yeah, yeah, she did. And when I was like, meeting with a plethora of photographers beforehand, I they would say, okay, whose work do you like? Like they wanted to get a vibe of examples. And I would always send Aubrey and like, that was it. And I remember the our publisher just being like, uh, Rachel, why don't you just use Aubrey? Like, you know, she's a friend of the, whatever. So I was able to work with her. And during our 10 day... <laughs> 10 or 12 days. It was, a, it was a long, how long was your photo shoot? 10. It's a long process. Um, we did like a whole day dedicated to like more lifestyle, lifestyle photos for the cover. So I have all of these photos of me that like are vacant to the side for text. And yeah, so it was definitely on their radar that I wanted to be on the cover. But at the end of the day, um, I was told it just wasn't going, wasn't going to work out. It wasn't a, a celebrity profile to celebrity be fair quiet. you are huge but, here on the back so that's where we we met in the middle i mean for my to be totally blunt i'm like okay so people are gonna like sit on my face like that was how i took being on the back but are people gonna sit on their books no but you know how like it's on the back it's oh, like the it's like okay. oh so someone's like sitting on me i don't know but I love the picture on the back and I, I do. I like it too, although I'm like, why are you wearing shoes on the couch? It's not my couch. <laughs> I know, right? That's kind of like in movies. It makes me really nervous. Well, in movies and TV shows and apologies if you, if you do this, like I have weird like OCD when it comes to like germs on my bed. Like I won't sit in my bed in, in jeans or like yeah. close up on the street. I won't put my luggage on the bed. I won't put shoes in my house. So like to me, this is kind of making me cringe. But at the same time, like Rachel... It's not your couch, so it doesn't matter. Um, and they're my new shoes, so I was even more excited yeah, to wear my new They look very white and shiny. So what about so you? They yes. were like, "Let's do food on the so, cover." Did you get to pick the food that was on the cover? So like the longest answer to your question. I'm sorry. So first, they wanted the sweet potato nachos to be the cover, the whole cover, the whole cover, and then it was that, and then the soba noodle recipe for one. Um, that was another option. So they were really leaning towards savory. And I had just said, you know, that's not an accurate representation of my brand. When you say Rachel Mansfield, I say psychopath. But most people would say banana bread or something like chocolatey or sweet or something. And we ended up meeting in the middle of doing this collage of sorts. Um, and then I loved the lavender. Purple is, was my favorite. This, this is my favorite color. And I just realized, actually, this was the color of my bedroom walls, like the exact color Easter egg purple. Easter egg purple, I called it, growing up. And we looked at it with like a black font. It's just the good stuff, white. And I love gold. Yeah. Um, so this that's how it came about. And Chloe is my favorite font. My whole site is like now inspired by this book um, and, this, and the color scheme. But yeah, so we did. And I also wanted to show like there is savory, there's some dessert, and there's breakfast. And I do, you know, I learned so much about the publishing world while doing this in the sense that there aren't many breakfast cookbooks. Like there aren't that many cookbooks that have a huge 
chapter of breakfast recipes or even an entire book dedicated to breakfast. Yeah, I actually didn't include breakfast in my cookbook. I did brunch, but not breakfast. I have the one like ode yeah. to the best green smoothie page. But other than that, I'm like, because I don't make very many breakfasts in my life. Like if I'm going to make a special breakfast, I'll do my Your brunch thing. Girl, but yeah. other than that, I'm doing my smoothie. So I'm not going to put something in there that I wouldn't make myself. Yeah. But and there's not big- one smoothie. Re- there's a smoothie bowl recipe in here. This is actually like so funny and so embarrassing. But I did. I um, co-hosted an event with Kelly Levesque for the her cookbook and um, over here in New Jersey. And we're standing in front in William Sonoma and we're making her Fab Four smoothies. And this is like the definition of Rachel being a dumbass. And Kelly says in front of, can I tell you a story? No. Right. Kelly says in front of like everyone, everyone's listening to us talk. She goes, we're using the Vitamix. She goes, yeah, you must have like a Vitamix. Like I'm sure there's so many smoothie recipes in your cookbook. And I don't, I can't lie. Like fun fact, I don't know how to lie. And I go, no, I actually hate smoothies. And I'm there doing a smoothie demo with Kelly Levesque, the queen of smoothies. And I say, yeah. I hate smoothies. She was like, I love you. You are so honest. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Why do you hate smoothies? It's a texture thing. Okay. I will same reason why I can't eat plain yogurt. I don't like soup. I can't do plain yogurt. I can um also do avocado unless it's in stuff because that's a texture thing. I forgot thing about for that me. with you. Yeah, because I think it has too much texture, not enough flavor, and it drives me nuts. See, that's I actually strongly agree with that. Um, and there's a carrot cake smoothie bowl and it has like cinnamon crunchies, almost like a cinnamon toast crunch type of flavor. On page 68, if anyone has the cookbook in front of them. Um, so that's my only smoothie bowl, and that's really because I do love like I love getting like an acai bowl or a smoothie bowl when we're traveling or wherever when I'm not in my kitchen. And I love this one because it's a little bit more like hearty and like mm. snakes and vegetables. But no, I don't. I'm not a big smoothie, smoothie gal in general. So how do you decide? I always wonder this for cookbook authors. How do you decide what is a Rachel Mansfield blog recipe and what is a Rachel Mansfield cookbook recipe? So I took a lot of the staples and like the recipes that I think I'm known for and the most highly trafficked trafficked recipes on my blog. Um, So for example, like paleo chicken fingers, banana bread, a pancake of sorts, like the overall category of that and took those recipes and really perfected them and like put looked at them in a new way. I couldn't have a cookbook without a banana bread recipe. That wouldn't make sense. But this recipe isn't on my blog. And same thing with like the coconut flour chicken tenders and I also wanted to, is it actually going to sound a little crazy, but for a while, a lot of the food that I wanted to make was inspired by like either cravings, things I've tried, things I've seen at a bakery. Cravings you actually had or? Cravings that I have. Okay. <laughs> this, everything in this book is something that like I want. Okay. Um, And that's always been the position I kind of put myself in. But you don't you think that your blog food also represents that? Yeah, 100%. So then how, like when you were, because at the same time you were writing this book, which how long were you actually developing recipes for it? Over a year. So during year. that whole time, you were also doing recipes for your blog and your website, right? Which yeah. how many of those do you publish a week? So for 2000, I did this math already. For 2018, I, yeah, 2018, was three, I made 398 recipes. And how, so 100 of those roughly ended up in the book and 298 roughly ended up on the blog. So how, during that time, how were you like, oh, this is a blog recipe and this is a book recipe? Can I say my intuition? Because I don't, I wasn't too calculated about it, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, at all. I just kind of felt like, okay, this is something that would be really great in the book. And like this, I also didn't have the name, just the good stuff for so long. So I would just call it like my cookbook or the book. Um, this is something that I'd be like, I'd want to go on my blog. I don't know. That's actually, I never really thought about that. I think for most things, I really do go off of my gut and 
it just came to me naturally. I did save some of my absolute favorite things like the sweet potato pierogies and Pop-Tarts and homemade like the grain-free graham crackers, which we were just talking about for the book, because those are really special recipes. And they also took so long to perfect that sometimes, you know, you give away so much for free almost on your site that I wanted to save those ones for something a little bit more special. Well, I think that's a really nice thing about cookbooks, the ones you just said. So when I was going through a bunch of cookbooks and trying to sort of figure out what makes a cookbook recipe different than a blog recipe, I think some of the best cookbook recipes are ones where you're actually sort of learning a new technique or learning something new about cooking rather than just like put these ingredients together and make something. So, and I was looking at your sweet potato progies. It was like, oh, you cracked like the pie crust situation, which is really, really hard to do a healthy pie crust, you know? Exactly. And those are things that I want to share in here. I just, and they're also, all of these things, in my opinion, are just staples and like things you can keep making over and over again. There's nothing elaborate in this book. There's nothing like foo-foo, like there's, it's simple and basic recipes. I know. I think that's one of the reasons people are going to be obsessed with it. Like that's the number one compliment I get on my book is like the ingredient list is short. And I never thought that would be a thing. But I think being able to make innovative flavors with a short ingredient list that people can actually find at a grocery store is actually a very difficult thing. Because well, also when you look at a a recipe, it's intimidating. It's really intimidating if it has a lot of like line items and a lot of steps. And I just randomly opened the oven baked veggie tots and I made these actually recently for a video. And there's pretty much like three key ingredients, the vegetables and coconut flour. And then everything else is an oil or a seasoning. Which is amazing. It's so easy. Like that's the ultimate goal. I mean, obviously there's recipes that are more intricate, like the Pop-Tarts. Yeah. They're not as easy to make as like chocolate chip cookies, but they're also like not that intimidating. Anyone can Well, and also I think people, there's like a time and place for when people want a project recipe. Yeah, exactly. You want to get together on a Sunday afternoon, like put on some tunes, have some wine, you know, do that whole thing. So one of my absolute favorite parts of the cookbook writing process is the photo shoot. And I think that it's sort of this weird, I had no idea what was going to happen to my photo shoot before I went. Can you talk us through what the photo shoot process is like from like mood boards on? Yeah. I mean, I was really hands off with the photo shoot process for the most part, which I didn't anticipate being. But when we did lock everything in with with Aubrey, I wasn't nervous. I just kind of, you know, I trust her so much and she has such an amazing portfolio of photos that there was nothing that I was nervous about because I knew that she knew what she was doing. I was almost the person who she say, she kept saying like, Rachel, you don't have to come today. You don't have to come today. And I would come to like every single day because I wanted to be there. And like, I wanted to see what was going on. And I want to make sure that the food like looked how I wanted it to look. Um, but she really made the process like so much more seamless and easy for me. And but she, even like people don't know, like, where is it? And that there's somebody who brings exactly. in props and like so who she, are all the people on set and all She that. did everything. She almost, she's like the cruise director. Like she brought in, we had a team, I think it was like eight to 10 people total. They're all, everyone, there's a thank you in the back for like all of everyone's amazing work. Um, But there was prop stylists and food stylists. And then there was their assistants. And it was like an army of people just to photo shoot one book. And it was like mind boggling to me there. I even have like videos still on my phone of the prop styles where it literally looked like, like an anthropology what store cool with all job. the dishes. Like that they literally just get <gasps> the to the dream. prop stylist's sole job is finding the like forks, spoons, napkins, bowls, plates, cups, and they find the coolest, weirdest the best stuff. stuff. 
And then there's a different, at least on my side, there's a different person who does the backgrounds for everything too. Like oh, the she surfaces, did that too. which is so interesting. Yeah. I just think that has to be the coolest job. It's a dream job. Just imagine having that collection. No. But everything she used stayed on brand for me in the sense where it was all very light. Like there's only, I think, one or two photos in the whole book that are darker. And I fought mm. back on those. But, you know, the, my publisher did say like, you need to have some dark photos. Like the spaghetti squash pizza is against a dark background. And I at first was said that's not really like on brand for me, but it's also stunning because so the orange like pops against like the dark charcoal. That's an interesting point that you make that your photos do have such a particular aesthetic. And I feel like this is this stays true to that, but it also kind of feels like a cookbooky version of it. Takes it up like a thousand notches. How did you find your aesthetic for photography? We'll go back to the photo for, shoot in a second. Like my, me in yeah, general? Like for, for what your photos would look like. You, you have a signature look, and I think that's cool. Thanks. It's, I mean, it's just, I think everyone does, and you don't really realize it until someone else tells you. But I think yours is very you. strong, and I'm curious if, Thank like, you, you have, if there was, like, certain photos you were doing early on that you're like, oh, I nailed it with that one. I want to sort of do that vibe. Like, how did you come to that? I always love natural light. I have since day one, I've always photographed everything on like a cloudy day, similar to what we have today. And I still have the same marble slabs since the first day I started this. And I, I still don't use like, while I appreciate all these beautiful props and things like this, I don't have much. I have maybe three bowls, mm. four plates, a couple forks and spoons and different like, and like a black matte black and like gold. And that's it. So I always wanted food to look approachable and accessible for people. And I also really like like bright photos. Um, and I like the, to look like a little, I like the saturation to be a little bit higher and I, but I like the shadows to be lower and I like it to be a little bit sharp, but not too sharp. Cause then it looks like a little grainy. Um, and that's also what I loved about Aubrey because she was able to kind of just take my very basic iPhone, like not fancy photos and take them up so many notches. So it felt still on brand. Like her photos are bright. And that was something I looked for in a photographer. I wanted someone who took really bright and airy photos. Well, but then it's funny because I'll stalk someone else's feed who's for mostly like lifestyle-ish type of content. And it's like faded and not bright. And I love those pictures. But for me, it just doesn't fit my my style. The like dark and moody. I can't do that either. I think they look really cool, but it's just like, I don't even know how to shoot like that. I feel like you must have to be like a better photographer. I kind of think that you do too. Do that situation. Because you really have to like mess with the lighting. And I have one backdrop. Like I'm so easy. And then a green plant in the back. So what does a shoot day look like? Like, do you show up to set looking cute already? Are you making the food? So it's so funny you say that because oh, <laughs> Aubrey was like, so do you have a wardrobe stylist? And like all the, like asked me all, like My someone coming to do your makeup. I for a wardrobe stylist. I didn't. She's like, you clearly can't do this on your own. <laughs> so that's actually, that's something I forgot about because I... Aubrey actually acted as my wardrobe stylist. Like oh, that's she, cool. She honestly, she is the Does best she really well? She just has such cool style. Yeah, she's and she always would, like, well put together. And reads well on camera. That's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, so I brought so much stuff. I literally bought out all of like Madewell and like Aritzia and a few other places. Brought everything, like left the tags on for anything I didn't like wear because food does end up on like every single item that I wore anyways. And would just like bring it. I had like a, a thing of hangers and then she helped me pick everything out. And we kicked off the shoe in Chelsea in a loft that I rented. Um, and it was from like 8 or 9 a.m. 
till like end of day, like till the, till the natural light wasn't there anymore. And actually I had an appointment um, to get my hair blown out the morning of my shoot and the person canceled at 7 a.m. So I frantically ran to dry bar to get my hair blown out because that's like around the corner from my apartment in Hoboken. Then the Uber canceled on me because he didn't want to go into Manhattan from Hoboken. Then oh my God, he I ran really like my shoot is oh, cursed. Yeah. <laughs> then he ran over my foot on the road and I have I have arthritis on my feet. So that was like horrible. And I finally get in there and then she goes, Oh, who's doing your makeup? I go, I am. I brought like all my own stuff. Like I tried to keep things as minimal as possible because I there I had all these people and I'm a first time author. I'm not like that. I don't need I'm not very high maintenance with most things in general. I got my fake eyelashes that I love, got my hair blown out. I like put some concealer on and I was ready to go. Well, like, and you look like yourself, which I think is also nice. also three months, over three months, 15 weeks pregnant during this. <gasps> Ezra's in here? Ezra's in my belly. Oh my gosh. I was 15 weeks pregnant because the photo shoot was actually supposed to be in November. And then you and pushed it. I remember that. You I pushed called, it up. Yeah, my book agent was actually one of the first people to find out I was pregnant because I said, hi, I'm pregnant. We have to do this shoot ASAP. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that too. And we had to move everything up, scramble it. Like Aubrey, this was the only week that Aubrey could do until November. So she's from San Francisco. So she had to come in. And so she put the whole team together. We oh did the Chelsea loft for two days. And that was all mostly lifestyle content. Okay. So all the pictures you see of like Jordan and my mom and anything that's you see like a kitchen in. Um, we did that there and then we rented an Airbnb in Hoboken for the other few days for like the eight days. Um, and it was like walking distance oh, that's nice. from here, which was great. Um, and I had like a lot of my favorite brands send products. So like it's the, actually their food in the book. Um, and then who makes the food? I think a lot of people don't sort of understand that stylist. process. Okay. So what is yeah. that? Is that person? So the food stylist, she made everything and she would have a few assistants with her because it's a lot of recipes a to lot. make. You do. We were doing like eight a day. Do you know? I'm pretty sure it was around eight to 10 yeah. per day. And they didn't veer off of track which is at all. crazy. Yeah. I, they would like switch something, but they would never not get to something, which I never, there was like a whole spreadsheet, like a calendar looked like it was day camp, it's like crazy. From and eight, also to think about like you and I both photograph stuff for our own sites. The idea of doing 10 recipes in a day blows my mind. I, I do know. max two or three. Oh no. It's like this morning I did four and I have not done four recipes in since before Ezra. Is it because the weather was so cloudy? You're just like, I gotta get it in there. That and I'm like so massively behind in some deadlines with like the book tour coming. I Because a lot of the content I have to submit for approval. So I want to yeah. make sure I have everything. Um, So I was running around like crazy. And then I committed to making uh, one of my readers, her boyfriend had reached out to me. I like almost like don't want to say this because I you don't, I don't want this do to turn into like a huge thing, but it was so sweet. I couldn't say no. He asked if I wanted to teach a cooking class to her and her friends for her birth, Aww. her 30th birthday. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. But I, 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 I don't know how to teach a cooking class. I'm flattered. Do you think I can like teach someone how to cook? But I don't have, I don't have patience or I, I don't really know how to orchestrate that, but I'd love to like send her cookies for her birthday. Aww. So I'm like, running around, getting the containers, getting all the ingredients, and I'm mailing, putting them in the mail That's tomorrow. That's so sweet. Yeah, That's I'm so excited. Sweet. But then I'm like, oh, maybe I should start a cookie company and like start mailing cookies. And My like, little sister wants to start a cookie company because I was watching Lucy Fink has like a video where she taste tests all these Christmas cookies she ordered on Etsy. I mean, it's like the dream. And I was like, you can order cookies on Etsy and then my sister is going to start an Etsy cookie company. Oh my God, mm-hmm. keep me posted on that. That They're would be so healthy. cool. I don't care. I'll eat any type <laughs> yeah. of a cookie. Um, but yeah, the food stylist made everything and 
my food stylist was Sid and she was like this badass would like with like her apron on all day. And she was like, she's like a wizard in what she would do. And we were, I remember we were photographing the like zesty jalapeno meatloaf and she comes over and just like smudges the ketchup to like make it look so artsy. It's like, where do you come from? Like, I love so that like messy, sexy look. I was always like, make it messier. Like make it more messy. Really? Yeah, and I'm like, like, it's it. too messy. It's no, too messy. No, I think it looks like some, I think maybe because I'm such a messy eater that I'm like, I want it to look like I ate it. Yeah. It's like, like, it's really, like someone's been diving into it. Really crazy. Um, So what is just the good stuff? What does that mean? What is the good stuff? That just the good stuff means that my editor and her team, I think it was my editor and someone else at Random House thought of the the title. My book was untitled until mm, late summer. It was just like, yeah, we didn't know. So the whole time I'm writing this book, no idea what it was called. And at first it was going to be like real food for real life. And then Which I is felt way less catchy. Yeah. And I, and, but I'm not catchy like that. Like, but I just can't the think good of stuff it. stuff is so catchy. Oh, they nailed it. Like, yeah. I can't take credit for that at all because I did not think of it. But yeah. as soon as she said it, I was like, F yeah, like that's, that's it. it. Like, let's run with it. Um, I feel like the term real food can be overdone and it's just, it's like been beaten and murdered and killed over and over again. What do you feel like your food is? Like, it says on the, cover that it's gluten-free, paleo-friendly, and without refined sugar. Would you say yeah. that those sort of define your food rules or what are your I don't food have rules? food rules. I just want to eat food that's made with simple ingredients that's going to fuel me instead of just making me feel blah. So that's focusing on ingredients like almond flour and coconut flour and oat flour as opposed to regular flour. But I'm also not going to say no to like trying a real cookie and like going to the pizza place that's literally across the street from my apartment. Um, I think when it comes to like cooking in my own kitchen, I want to feel my body as best as I can. So that means like avocado oil as opposed to like canola oil or vegetable oil. Um, and I love dessert. So like I don't want to cook with cane sugar. I want to cook with or bake with coconut sugar and maple syrup and honey. And I just think that, you know, you only get one body and I want to like treat mine as best as I could. But I also want to like enjoy the flavors and if I do want to eat things like Pop-Tarts and cookies and brownies often and not as just like a rare treat, I want to be able to do that. And that's what these recipes are for. You know, I was actually in bar class yesterday morning and this girl next to me was like telling someone that she's like so happy that she's like down two sizes like for her dress. And in my head, it's like I haven't felt that way in so long. And like I understand when people like look at someone, they could like assume like, oh, if they're thin, like they clearly like never think like that. But everyone has a time in their lives when they think like that. And it's just I don't want to ever I don't want someone to feel like they have to deprive themselves to like look a certain way. And that's what these recipes are for. So they're for anyone who just wants to eat real food that tastes good. And like makes them feel good. Um, they did want it to be more of like a labeled book. So just like the gluten-free book, like just the good stuff is gluten-free. But I'm not gluten-free. So it's not an accurate representation of like my personal But everything in the brand. book is. Pretty much. Yeah. And if it's not, it's so easy to make it gluten-free. Because if I use like spelt flour, spelt flour is a, is a one-to-one sub with oat flour. So it's simple. Um, but there is plant-based recipes. There's the entire chapter. There's all the meat recipes are in one chapter. So that way, if you don't eat meat, it's super easy to navigate around the book. Um, it's very dairy-free friendly because if I use like butter, you can sub vegan butter. You could sell like solidified coconut oil. And it's I talk all about like subs and everything and how I recommend approaching that early on in the book with like pantry staples, like um, kitchen tools and answer a lot of like frequently asked questions I get from my blog. They're all in the beginning of the book. And it talks about, you know, how you can make these recipes 
for any lifestyle and any label. Cause I, I recognize some people do follow a paleo diet for like autoimmune issues or anything. So I want to make sure that anyone could eat these recipes. How, what is your goal? Like if somebody buys this book and they start cooking from it, you would want them to feel X. Satisfied and that they're like never depriving themselves, but they're eating food that they like want to eat. Did you feel like a difference in your health when you started sort of mostly eating the way that's in this book? No, not like in my health. I've never knock on wood felt not healthy. Like I've only like mentally been unhealthy in the sense where like in college, like either overeating dominoes and cheesy cheese sticks and like oh, yeah, Domino's like, was my hangover right? order. Well, that was my stoner order at three o'clock in the yeah. morning where I would like watch the thing on the, my laptop. Would, oh like, my God. And they exactly. had like different skins. You could like have it in different themes. Do you remember that? No, that I, I was probably too stoned was, to remember Oh my that. God. And um, the lava cake. Well, that's the thing I'm going to make I've from never here. Had the lava but cake. Domino's had a lava cake <gasps> and I was, it was my face. So I'd get like the thin it. crust pizza with pineapple and bacon and then I'd get a lava cake. And that was my, like, I'm hungover. I need this order. And lava cake is my, somebody told me is she was like, I wanted lava cake at a restaurant. And she's like, there's no way it's going to be here. It's so nineties. And I'm like, lava cake is classic. I <laughs> love lava, lava cake, cake is a forever thing. And it's a hundred percent. It's the recipe I'm, if you, with your blessing, that's the recipe that I'm going to make you and make share. Anything you want with my blessing. that's the one that I'm most excited about. The chocolate lava cake I'm amped about as well. It's also nut free. And I do have a lot of nut free recipes in the book. But the, this tastes like actual lava cake. It's, like, it's so good. The Hue Kitchen just comes drooling out of the cake. It's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, like I don't ever feel like I can't say like I had this crazy transformation where I was so on like I was so like knock on wood. I, I have never been sick. Like I, I don't have I haven't had anything where I felt unhealthy. You've had some hormonal stuff. Yeah, but I think that's more from like cortisol. And I'm, I don't think that like my high cortisol is stemmed from food. I think that's just from me being crazy and just going and going and going. So like I've never, I also am someone who doesn't like to attach food and what I'm eating to everything in my body, everything in my life, whether that are going, that's going right or wrong. Like if my like cortisol is high, it's nothing to do with my food. Like if any, if I was depriving myself, my cortisol would probably be a lot higher too. And it's like, I feel like that should be your quote for this episode. It's a good quote. Like I'm not somebody who attaches food to like all oh, the I things. Love that. Like you I think should be food a journalist. <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's a, it's a good message around food. Cause I think that in the food world, food, food is powerful and it is a powerful mm -hmm. medicine. And I think it can transform your life in a lot of ways. But like if I'm having a panic attack one day, sometimes I'm like, oh, like what did I eat? What did I do? What did I do? Right. What did I do wrong? And sometimes I'm just like having a panic attack. Food. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really strong point to Thanks. remember. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm thankful that I haven't had to use food to heal. And there's a lot, I know a lot of personal friends that have, and they do, and that's amazing. But I personally haven't, I can't like so attest to that. So why do you eat the way you eat? Like why not just eat pizza and Domino's all the time? It's like not what I'm craving. I mean, we do eat a lot of pizza in our house, but like, it's not what I'm craving all the time. Like after I eat a pizza, it's actually when I got home from the hospital after having Ezra, we were ordering the place across the street does you know makes like the best like artisanal like fluffy almost tastes like florence type pizza and we got it and i'm sitting next to like my whole family and i ate the entire pizza and i was still hungry after because there wasn't like protein mm -hmm. or like you know what i mean like yeah i ate like flour and cheese and whatever like the vegetables that were on it but i don't ever feel like full like i could eat four of my mom's mandel bread like the classic mandel bread cookies but when you make them with different ingredients, it fills you up and it fuels your body more than eating like the classic recipe of something. So it's almost the instantaneous, like you won't feel like tired and heavy exactly. and not full right after you eat it. Yeah. And like, 
my like almond flour cookies, even like from my blog, those chocolate chip cookies are one of my favorites. And I can't eat more than like two or three of them because I would really be full. Like almond flour is filling. And that's the point. Like you eat like food to like fuel your body. I don't eat food to like put myself in a coma for 20 minutes and I like my blood sugar crash, you know, like that's for like the holiday season, but like that's not for every day. And like for someone who like wants to have dessert every day after dinner, I'm not going to like choose that. Well, I also think one of the nice things about eating this way is that in the small bits of time you like are at an airport and eating Pizza Hut or something like that, your body, I feel like reacts to it better. Like I feel like I have more room for those wiggles. Well, I always say you have to like not eat so like on like a specific track because you have to like keep your body like it's almost like an immune system in my opinion, which I have no scientific evidence to back that. But like it's good to go out to dinner and eat something that's like in canola oil and not organic. Like your body can't eat so pure all the time. It's going to go into like shock when you like eat something that's not. Yeah, I agree with that. That's I, I also that's um this is controversial, but like you need certain enzymes to process meat and things like that. And so when like you're raising your children without that, they're actually not developing the enzymes to, to process meat, which is interesting. interesting. It's, it's definitely a strong choice that you're making for somebody else. Think, yeah. A hundred percent. Interesting. Um, okay. Can we roll back a little bit further to when you first sort of were thinking about doing a cookbook? Was somebody, did somebody reach out to you and offer you that or were you pitching it? No. So, and before I started, I just want to preface by saying that before I wrote a book, I knew less than nothing about the publishing world. Like not one, I didn't, I was so not knowledgeable about this entire thing. So similar to when I started my own, when I started my blog and Instagram, I was sitting on my couch with Jordan and I looked at him. I said, I think I'm going to, I want to write a book. And he laughed because anyone who's close to me knows that I don't really read books. So the fact that I was interested in a book. We're working on that. I know. I started, I'm starting a book club in Hoboken. I know. I'm so excited. I'm going to need so many recommendations. I'm so excited. (laughs) They're like, everyone has to just suggest a book. I'm, I, I got In my you. head, I go, I think Michelle Obama wrote a book. I should she probably. She did. Becoming, it's great. The audio book is that. wonderful because she reads it to you. Oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. You like shouldn't have told me that, but that'll actually make my life easier. It's still consuming. I'm fine with you doing. I, I think really? I said that to you at one point because you're such a podcast fiend. Love podcasts. But I'm just like, if you could replace some of those with audiobooks, you're getting the book experience. That's so true. That's so, so true. Um, So I said to Jordan, I want to write a book. I called Jordan Younger from The Balanced Blonde and I said, Jordan, I want to write a book like you wrote a book. What do I do first? (laughs) And I did that same thing to her when I started my Instagram. I'm going to start an Instagram. What do I do first? And she said, oh my gosh, I have to set you up with Sarah, my agent. So she immediately, like she's like the kindest soul, uh, Jordan. Like she's like this like angel from above. Like most friends would be like, oh, I don't want her writing a book. Like that's like competing against no, me or something. No, they wouldn't. Some people Not friends you want to Well, exactly. Have. But yeah. that's, that's, you know that people are like genuine nice yeah, people yeah. When, when they want to help you of and like course. they want to be there for you. That just means and, that you're a good person who surrounded yourself with like-minded good oh, people. They, well, I mean, I would, I set my agent up with one of my friends too. Like I want people to like do well. Um, but you know, not everyone does. The world, you, you just don't know these days. And so Jordan sets me up with Sarah. I tell her I want to write a book. And I didn't want it to be a cookbook. I wanted it to be a book. I don't even remember what the heck I wanted it to be about because I have nothing to say. Like, what kind of 26-year-old wants to write a memoir? I wrote a memoir when I was 21. But did you have it published? (laughs) No. Exactly. Like, Sarah basically hung up the phone on me and said, Rachel, when people say your name, they think of food. You need to put a proposal together for a book. A cookbook. A cookbook. Yeah, sorry. So Sarah signed with me immediately, which I then learned it's actually hard to have a literary agent that signs with you for 
like without really knowing you. We never even like met in person. Like it was so easy. Well, also just to clarify it for anybody listening, um, the literary, it's sort of like a funnel, the whole book publishing process. And the literary agent is really that first sieve to catch people. So they'll get hundreds and hundreds of submissions and proposals and people who want to work with them. And their job is to narrow that down to just the best of the best. And then they basically are using their relationship with publishers to pitch that best of the best to different editors. And if they're pitching stuff that isn't good, they they are chipping away at that relationship. So their job is essentially to weed through hundreds and hundreds of people and find the really, really good ones. Yeah, which I had no idea that that was even happening. And I also didn't realize that you can't publish a book really without an agent. So I signed with Sarah. I put together a proposal. Like you go back and forth for a couple of months. It was over the holiday season. This was like in the, it started in like late summer. And then by the holiday season, we had the proposal ready to go. And can I ask how big your Instagram following was around that time? Do you remember? Ooh, maybe around 200. Okay. 200,000, I want to say. I would have to like look, but it definitely, yeah, it had to be around yeah. there. Because I was living in Battery Park, um, I think. Okay. And so we put together a proposal where she goes, okay, next steps are I send this to like everyone I know in the publishing world, like different houses. And then we have like this big like week of meetings and we like go from meeting to meeting. And to me, that sounded like super scary because I don't even know how to like get in like an elevator anymore. Like I'm so not into like the corporate world. So I'm like, okay, like sounds good. Like no big deal. So we have two full days of meetings. And luckily, like we live in the Manhattan area. So for, it's not like I had to travel far yeah. to like go at basically every publishing house is in New York. So our first meeting was at Penguin Random House. And it was with Clarkson Potter. And then after that, I had a meeting with someone else in, at Penguin Random House. Um, like another like publishing imprint. imprint. I know. I totally know the terms now. I'm so proud of myself. And so I met with Potter first. We like go upstairs, like got my hair done that morning. I like actually wore a really old shirt, but like it hadn't worn in so long. It like felt new. So I go in there like feeling really good. And Sarah, who is one of my, Sarah and Anna are my two book agents. And Anna, I believe like something happened with her family. So she wasn't able to go. Yeah. Yeah. So she she had a death in the family, one of my agents. Yeah, like the day before. So she had to like fly across the country, whatever, go home. So Sarah, but Sarah's like a hype man. Like she's the person you like want next to you when you're like about to do something because she like really hypes you up. So we go into every meeting and sitting across from me was my potential editor, like the PR team and I think someone else, but I honestly blacked out at this point. And we're like, I'm in there for about an hour. It's going really well. And they just ask you a bunch of questions about you and your brand and like, why you want to write a book and what you've accomplished, really, like, who do you know? Like, because you're basically in the meeting to prove to them you can sell books. Well, so, and vice versa, because they know you're taking meetings with other publishers. So they're trying to prove to you that they're like the best. See, now for I you. didn't think of it like that because I was so nervous because uh, I know nothing about the publishing world. So I'm like, I need to really impress these people. I was, it was, I didn't view it as in like, they need me as much as I need them. Yeah. I viewed it as in, I need them. And like, they, they, so they don't even need me. Yeah. And which is weird because I'm usually the, pretty confident in yeah. most situations. But I mean, it's so out of your comfort zone. So out of my comfort zone. Um, So we were there for an hour and I thought it like went well, but again, I have no idea what to compare it to. So then we went to a few other meetings. We, I remember we took a break to get lunch and Jordan came and met us for lunch too. And cause his office was like, it was all basically in Midtown. Then we, the next day we went to some other publishing houses and at the end of that day, Sarah like got a phone call and was like, okay, like you have two offers like immediately um, for like you're going to like a bidding war. 
So it was two imprints on, under Penguin Random House. And I'm not going to say who the other one is just because like I want to keep it private. But it was Clarkson Potter and someone else. And I had to make a decision. They went into like, what's the term? Um, there's like a term to describe it. No, it was something else. I forget. And so it went into the bidding war. And then I had to like literally just make a decision. They were both ended up offering me the same amount of money. Like they. Yeah, fought, fought. they're not allowed to usually outbid each other if they're in the same house that's what yeah oh yeah that is right yeah so if they're from a different house they can but like since they're kind of playing with the same money at the same house they're not so they made it a lot harder for me to make the decision so how did you decide ultimately so i sat on it for a while i remember walking in the flat iron district being on the phone with sarah and just saying like you know i really want to work with like this one because like like the editors seem really nice and I think I'll have a lot more control over what I want. And I think I could like get on the cover if I work with her. I'm just kidding. Um, I think I could, like I have a chance. And then, but then it was like, or Clarkson Potter, which is like, you know, the film on the limited that I knew about publishing. I was like, Rachel, are you a moron? Like you cannot say no to Clarkson Potter. Like they're. Well, and did your agent communicate that to you at all too? Like my agent was like, you would be ludicrous to not pick Potter. You know, Sarah, who was very, very opinionated, didn't like, no, she didn't say it like that. She wanted wanted me to do it. Because she she knew she's like, you're, these are both going to be amazing offers no matter which way you look at it. Like you can't go wrong. So I ended up going with Clarkson Potter and I also was like, oh my God, Chrissy Teigen, like that's like a cool person to like have my book next to, which sounds like superficial and silly, but like no, we cool. all love Chrissy yeah. Teigen. No, I was um, like, can you guys just send me my her my book so that she can blurb it? And they were like, literally every single author we have. I tried that, yes. so hard. I tried so hard <laughs> yeah. and they, they, they wouldn't even reach out. Like I tried to reach yeah, out. I'm sure every answer. single person tries to do it. <laughs> no, it's like maybe one day I'll meet She'll you. find it. It's like, I think this is very much up her alley. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, my dream would be to do like a collaboration with her because she, I feel like she makes this like overly gluttonous food and I just think I could like healthify it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Let's put that out there in the universe. Right? I'm putting it out <laughs> there. I'm also like trying to hire someone. So I'm putting that in the universe too. Hiring somebody for what? Oh my God, my business. It's time. Really? Yeah. That's a big decision for you. It is. I know. Full time? No, part time. Okay. I can't get benefits. No, no, no. I need, <laughs> I know. I have a full time Ezra. Like I have a full time nanny. Like I, I want someone like part time. That could help me for, for a lot of things. That's like a different topic. Okay. Um, and so I accepted the offer and I was so excited. And then from there, I put together like a, a list of recipes that I had in mind. And, you know, the thing that's hard about writing a book with like a recipe book in particular is that you do this so far in advance. So it was hard to create recipes that were always going to be relevant. Like, how did I know that like someone was going to want to make chocolate chip, sweet potato waffles this year? And yeah. was or like, like if you put like avocado toast in, it's just like, well, that was a thing at one point and then mm-hmm. it's the thing later. Yeah. But that's what I love about the book is that it's not, there's no trendy recipes. I think the trendiest I got was like making cauliflower, cauliflower rice sushi rolls. Like that was it. That's How is that trendy? Because cauliflower, you know how cauliflower is a trend? It's like in everything. People yeah, are putting their I think cauliflower is going to be a classic though because it is so versatile. Well, that's why in that recipe, it's not like I put it like in my oatmeal or like in my, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a great one. Everything is something like you can make for forever. And that's how, that's how I got the book deal. Okay. So you don't have to tell me how much money you got, but you know, I love talking about money. Was it more money or less money than you thought it would be? So I didn't know what to expect. And I also didn't know how much I would be paying for as an author. So you know, my, my Sarah did say to me, like, this is a lot of money. Like for a first time author, like you, this is, I, I pushed back and I got, I think it was, I got like $50,000 more. 
um, when we push back. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I think that was it. I yeah. love when women negotiate for themselves and make money. I, it's like my favorite thing. That's why I don't have a manager because I still love negotiating. Same. It's like, oh my God, I love it so much. That's something we're going to talk about in a second too, your your business side, which I think is really interesting. But like you had no idea how much an advance was even supposed to be. And then no. can you talk about what comes out of that advance? Because I think people Everything. don't understand that as and well. Everything. Like my first born trial basically came out of that. So they give you an advance. So say, you know, you pay for the photographer, the food stylist, like everything that had to do with the photo shoot, like the food, my my water bottle that day, Aubrey's water bottle that day, like you pay for set, set everything. Catering, like yeah, yeah, for the for lunch on set. Oh my god! And they like did not skimp on like the no, options. They never do. Yeah, <laughs> which like I wouldn't either, but still, um, you pay for everything. And then I had a, I had to pay for a recipe tester, so I made all the recipes, sent it to this gem of a human, Danielle, who she made all the recipes again. So I paid for that, pay for her time, pay for all of her groceries. Um, what my book tour. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, you're an author. They send you on book tour. But like, that's not no. in fact the case at all. They don't no. even organize. Nothing. Which my friend that just wrote a book told me that her publisher actually paid for six of the stops for her book tour. And I'm like, mm. I've never heard of that. Good to know for days. next time. Yeah. If there is next time that's going really around. That's interesting. Yeah. But I also kind of, I liked being in charge of my book tour. I like saying. No, she's in charge of it. But they just they give just her money. For it. Yeah. That's so nice. she, like, they pay for her hotel, her accommodation. And. Next week, um, well, by the time this aired, it'll be passed, but I'm going on the Today Show. And I didn't tell you. Congratulations. Oh my God, that's so, has it shot? No, it's going to be live. live. Yeah, it's It's always live. live. That's so exciting. February 19th. Oh my God. And like, they're sending a car. And I was shocked because like everything thus far is like come out of my pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, you pay for everything for lack of a better term or lack of a better way to describe it. Like your advance pays for most of like the whole the only thing it doesn't pay for is like the manufacturing of the book and like getting the book into stores. Like the publisher right. takes care of that. And how do you, why go on a book tour if you have to pay for it? So I wanted to go on a tour before I was even writing this book. I wanted to go across the country and just like meet everyone in person and like give hugs and just like hang out. And at first it was going to be like a pampering type of events. Like this is before the book. Like I had this whole thing in my head. And then when I signed the book, the book deal, I go, great. Now I'll just do it as a book tour. So I tried to kind of navigate it in a way where I'm going to LA during like Expo West, where I would probably be there already. Um, you know, Siete is in Austin and I was going to go visit them. So I'm going to go do it when I'm there already. My parents live in Florida. So I'm going there around Passover at Easter. So I tried to make it too when I'm like going to be in places. The only places I added because like just for fun. And I know that I have a larger community there. Chicago is like one of my largest other areas besides New York. And then I've never been to Nashville. So I'm like really excited about Nashville. Nashville. super fun. It's, yeah. a, it's a great foodie town. Do you think, so a lot of people maybe having a cookbook is like a bucket list item for them. Yes. Would you tell them, what would you tell them to do if they were like, this is my dream someday? Do it. I mean, the only way you're going to learn if you like something or if you don't like something is to actually do it yourself. But what if, like, what are the, do you recommend they need to build their brand first? Do you think that oh, was really mean, like, important? Like, actually, yeah, actually in the steps yes. of it. Okay. So I don't think, and this is me just being very blunt. I don't think that if I didn't have my Instagram or blog, I wouldn't have gotten a cookbook deal. There's no way. Because a publisher looks for one thing sales. They want to sell books. That is what is there. That's what keeps them in business. That's their bread and butter. So if I went to them with like no Instagram account, basically no culinary experience, because I'm not a chef, like I have 
I make everything. I'm out of my own kitchen, never went to culinary school. Why would they give me a cookbook deal? They don't even know if people are going to buy books. You know, my pre-orders are coming from my readers. Like they're not coming from like, yeah, yeah, my mom and dad and my grandparents all bought one and friends, but they're coming from my community. Um, so if someone wants to write a book, I would definitely say to like grow a brand or make sure you have a platform of sorts. It doesn't have to be Instagram. Like for example, if you're like a chef at a restaurant or you're a baker at a local bakery, like there's always ways to kind of like get crafty with it, but there has to be like a hook of sorts for the publisher. Do you think it's too late to go a brand like yours now on Instagram? Do you think that that time has passed? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. I'm cynical. It's a bold take. I know. Can you explain? Totally. I mean, that's just my intuition. Like I was saying before, my gut and my intuition tells me everything. I could sit here and be like, just start it. Like, who cares? Like, whatever. But why? I don't want to set someone up to be discouraged. Like, you can grow an account. I think it's a lot harder now than it was. Just because it's so saturated? It's so saturated. Like, when I did this five years ago, I actually technically started my blog six years ago now. Wow. It was so different. So different. There were not as many people doing this. Why I wanted to start sharing recipes because no one really had like that labelist approach to food. There was like the minimalist baker of the world who was at the time like vegan, all vegan. Then there, were, I remember like no bread, like Nicole Kogan, like she was like gluten free. Wow, she was around back then. Yeah. Wow. Fun fact: she almost hired me as her assistant. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like a lifetime ago, when she was still in New York. Yeah. We oh met my at gosh. La Pond. We like got lunch or whatever. That's and so funny. She like wanted, or like as her manager. Oh, no, I'm sorry, her manager. She wanted to hire me as her manager. And yeah, yeah, I know. I always forget about this. It's so funny. Um, but I think Instagram is a different time then. And, you know, the algorithm was different. I do think that you can grow a brand, but I would be t- doing someone a disfavor if I didn't say like it would be harder. Is there somewhere else if you were just starting today and you wanted to grow a platform and grow a brand, is there somewhere else that you would do it? What would you do if you're starting I would, now? I don't know. I probably would still d- use Instagram, but in a different way. I think I would do a lot of food video. So is there anything else like behind the scenes that people wouldn't know about writing a cookbook? Anything that kind of struck you as like, oh, weird. I didn't know um, this was this way. You know, I enjoy the recipe process for this a lot more than my blog because... You don't have to photograph. <laughs> I don't have to take any of the photos. It changes everything. Oh my gosh. I could do... Even like, like time of day, you can do it at 10 at night. I was just about yeah. to say, I was doing this like late at night. Um, it was great. I loved it. Like the... There's a lot of parts of writing the book that I love, and there's a lot of parts of writing the book that I didn't enjoy. Um, like what? What didn't you enjoy? I don't have control over everything. I didn't have control over everything, like which is for a good reason. I have no idea what I'm doing in the publishing world. Like that's why I'm not self-publishing. But you know, I didn't have control over like the cover. I had a lot of other recipes I wanted to be in the book that were next. Um, so how did that, did you send over a list of recipes and say, these are what I want in there? And then they sort of went through and said, we like this, um, this, this. There was like a list of preliminary recipes. And that's where I kind of said to them, like, guys, I can't tell you if this is going to be good or not. Like this is, this is a loose description of the recipe and like, you know, bear with me if it changes. And then my editor was kind of like, Rachel, are you obsessed with sweet potato? Because there's so much sweet potato in this book. So we did nix a couple of things. Um, did that stuff end up on the blog? No, actually, <laughs> I don't think so. It, I think it just kind of died. I think at that point, I was like pregnant. I was like trying, you know, I wrote all the, my whole manuscript before having Ezra. There was, it was such a crazy year uh, for me. Yeah. And during, also during testing this, I was going through infertility treatment. So the whole thing is a blur. Um, to be honest in that sense, I could probably look back in like my emails and my notes to see what the recipes were, but 
all the ones that I was most passionate about made it. And that was what was like important to me, like my Pop-Tarts, my puppy chow. But then there's also just like the basics of like one of the most commonly um, asked questions I get, how do you roast your vegetables? And you'll find like how to make roasted Brussels sprouts in this book, how to make crispy Japanese sweet potato fries, like the basic, how Jordan makes his roasted chicken. Like Jordan has a recipe. My mother-in-law has a recipe. My mom has a recipe. There's just things that like are basic in here. And I don't mean like basic as in basic bitch, but it's just like the things that you want to have in your kitchen always are in here. And if you stock up on all the pantry staples in the beginning, you'll be able to make any of the recipes. Yeah, that's amazing. Did they were they cute on set? Your mom and Jordan? Um because this is like a totally foreign yeah, world for them. My mom was really nervous. Like really, really nervous. And my mom and Jordan actually have this in common where I call it like a constipated look. <laughs> and like my mom and Jordan are very good looking people. Like my mom is like beautiful. She's stunning. And she yeah, looks so she's young absolutely gorgeous. Too. She has like amazing skin. And she, mom, say thank you. <laughs> um, and so she would like stand like this, like well, I don't, no one can see me, but like, like mom, like you don't smile like teeth that. Showing, yeah, just yes. looking stiff. And so I blurted out, "Stop looking so constipated." And this is the picture that we got. I mean, she looks. She's st- laughing. She looks so stunning. Yeah, because it was like a real exactly. laugh. That's one of my tips for taking lifestyle photos in general is that if you can like fake a laugh it often will make you real laugh and then in that moment you can get like a good photo exactly and like half the time when i'm taking pictures i make myself laugh but jordan we did this whole shoot at a dining room table with his chicken and the pictures didn't make the book because oh no he just he looks crazy he couldn't do it he just like they actually had to redo the chicken i believe so that's so funny this was supposed to be jordan but it's just a chicken the sunday roasted chicken was supposed yeah. to be jordan and chicken and then instead i was able to have him be in the pig not so piggy pigs in a blanket which he's actually laughing he looks I kept tickling very him. handsome in that picture he is handsome yeah like, jordan you need to lighten up in these photos does um, he like doing like i always wonder when you you know, he's interviewed you on the podcast. He's been on, you know, your Instagram. He's in your book. Is he, is there a part of that that's exciting for him? Or are you just sort of like playing your chips or, you know, like adding to the stuff that he's doing for you every time we see him? You know, Jordan gets really nervous, like really, really nervous before like going on the podcast. He was like shitting his pants. We did it. We recorded that twice. And you're like, this is not live. horrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm like, Jordan, come on. Like, because, like, it's like, just like loosen up. He even had a mezcal like before doing it and still couldn't loosen up. Um, but if I like, because he's a real, Jordan's such a talented cook. I want him to write a cookbook so badly. Really? But he said like, he's like, Rachel, should I write a book now? I'm like, yeah, but you know, you're only going to be able to write a book if I write it with you right now. Because like, right. you don't have any, you know, he doesn't have an, another, he's an amazing talent. It would have to be like, would he want that ever? Like, would he want to be like more of a Instagram so, presence or no, anything like that? I begged him to start a food blog the same time I did because, again, he's so culinary talented, like, and doesn't even realize it. Um, and just very naturally, like, makes food look beautiful. Like, he makes like eggs on weekends and it's just like stunning. And anytime I want him to like talk about what he's doing, he like doesn't. Like won't record it. Like he made chicken liver this weekend. And I like, saw that it was delicious. We have some of it left, and I've never even eaten chicken liver before. But I've always wanted to try it. It's supposed to be like really good for hormones, like whatever. I'm like this is delicious, and he just like knew what to do. He's very naturally good at this, um, and he takes all my photos. Like my mom and dad will take some too, but he doesn't like being on on the camera or like involved in that sense. Like up, he's actually speaking on the panel though <laughs> in Florida. 
for Palm Beach. Oh, that's so fun. So yeah. wait, every time though you have him do something like that, is it sort of like a favor for you? No, he doesn't view it like that because when I say something to him or like he like if I want him involved, like he knows that my brand supports our family. So he kind of like just like does it. sucks it up. And I know that if it's not something that he's very not comfortable, I respect that. Like if he doesn't want to do it, like that's fine. You don't have to do it. But you know, there's a lot of times like last weekend at eight o'clock in the morning, I'm at Target shooting content and Jordan wants to kill me. And I would too. He was behind the camera. Yes. But I needed his, I needed his help. I'm like, this is why I needed a part-time assistant. But like, I needed his help to take a picture because like, I'm not going to bring a tripod into Target. Right. And I wanted it at eight o'clock in the morning. So there weren't so many people around and it was easier to navigate. Also, Target is very crowded at eight o'clock in the morning, if anyone's wondering in Jersey City. And you could tell he's like losing it. And he does sometimes. But I said to him, like, Jordan, like this, this like this post like helps our family. Right. So like, get over it. Like yeah. for lack of like, I'm just not that kind about it. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like you'll be fine. <laughs> it's, I mean, there are so many different components. To so that was something I wanted to touch on briefly is that something I didn't know about you before I met you in person was what a savvy business lady you are. Yeah, I think thank you. everybody knows that you're good with recipes and you're really good with like making very decadent treats, really healthy. But I just, I didn't realize how good you are with the brand side and the negotiation and also having like an overall vision for your business and how you view your business. So two questions. One, where do you think that comes from? And then two, where do you see your business going from this cookbook coming out onwards? I do think that I, my, I, my brain has always been like this. Like a lot of things come naturally to me, like knowing your self-worth and knowing your value and I have a strong personality. I've had a strong personality since I was a little girl. Like that's not something that's like new or something that came about overnight. But I do strongly believe and like I've said this before, it like pains me every time I say it, but the job that I was fired from before doing this full time. And if anyone's wondering like or doesn't know what that means, whole like, episode there's a whole it. episode about it. <laughs> I think it's episode four with Jordan. Um, and I talk all about it, but I learned everything from that CEO and founder of the company because of how to run a business. Um, and how to operate and like all of the ins and outs on like that mindset. Um, and that really trained me for like what I am doing today. And I, I do think that, you know, people who graduate college and they don't ever have like a desk job or don't ever sit in an office. I do think that they're doing themselves a disfavor. And I I openly say that all the time. Yeah. I think that there's this tendency now, and I do think being your own boss is wonderful. Um, in due time. Yeah, but I do think you can learn so much, even like inside a company, like if you want to have a startup, go work at a startup. If you want to have your own media business, which is yeah. what I consider Instagram and stuff like that to be, it's modern media, go work in a media business and you'll learn, you know, how to do sponsored posts 100%. and how to create content that has value to people and how to do an editorial calendar and all these things. And I just think it's sort of silly to be like, I already know all of that. You know, why would you? Yeah. No, it's true. And I, you know, there's a lot of times that people will like direct message me and say like, hey, are you hiring? And I'm flattered. And it's so kind that someone took the time to do that. But at the same time, like, so help me God, if someone thinks they're going to get a job by direct messaging someone on Instagram, like, what is society doing? Or like people will be like, I'm I'm just like, if you're going to reach out to me for a job, tell me how you can bring value to me. Don't ask me what I need. Like, Like, that's not up to me to say. Tell me how you can add value to my life. Totally. And it's scary. It's scary bringing someone into your business that, that you've been running by yourself for so long. And, you know, but I think that when someone's graduating school, 
I do recommend getting a job for a few years before working for yourself or starting your own thing. Like if you don't, you don't like, this is just my unsolicited advice, but I do think that that's the best thing because that's how I learned how to run my own business. I also think that there's value. I think you sort of were forced to jump in the deep end, but I think there's value too to being able to build your business slower. Like for me, I was able to just put out the content I want and work with the brands that I want because I had money coming in from my full-time job. And I think that that's not having to like sell yourself out right away just so you can support yourself. I think it's really nice too. No, totally. So where do you see your business going? What's what's like five-year plan? I have no idea. I really don't. And like, if you, like I said, like every, said earlier that every time I've had an idea, it comes the night before and then I just do it. When I start wanting to start my own blog, I said it the night before, the next day I'm like creating a WordPress site. I wanted to write a book. The next day I'm talking to Sarah. I wanted to start a podcast. The next day I was talking to you. So there's just, I never really plan far in advance. I always try and make sure I'm continuing to like innovate as much as like and tap into different spaces. So if Instagram like blew up tomorrow, I wouldn't be screwed. I would like have other things going instead of just like one platform. So, you know, I just did the huge rebrand of my site. I have the podcast. I have the book. Like the book's never going anywhere. Um, which is great. Will there be a book number two? It depends how sales do of book number one. I, I don't know. I was actually last week, my book agent was like, okay, Rachel, time to start thinking about book number two. I'm like the book number one didn't even come out yet. Like I need to have like baby number two before like book, before book number two. Like what? Is that a 2020 thing? Oh my God. I don't know. I have to get my hormones back on track, but we'll see. I, I hope that my brand continues to grow, but I don't ever set expectations for myself. I like to keep dabbling in new things, but I don't know. Interesting. I know. I think you're going to um, move into the product space. That's my prediction. Really? Yeah. I think I think it's just so clear. Like your podcast, you do such a good job of innov- er, interviewing all these amazing founders. You have such strong relationships with these brands and you just, you think in that way in a really strong way. So that feels like such a natural next step. Thank you. That would be amazing to you. do. But I wouldn't do it by myself. I would have to do it with a brand. Yeah, I think that's, but I think something like that, I think we should see like. spoken to a lot of brands about doing it. I mean, there's, the thing is like people, there's only so much they could see on Instagram. Like there's so much behind the scenes and so many conversations like no one ever knows. Right. Happen, but it has to be with the right fit. Um, that's been the hard part. Yeah. I think, I think I, I'm just gonna put out there in the universe. I think this could be the year for that for you. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you. Like the right fit, the perfect product. I think it'll be cool. Oh my God, you're the best. Thank you so much. Well, I think this was so lovely. I am so excited about this book. I can't wait to get my copy and cook everything from it. Maybe Um, I'll come to Brooklyn and cook everything. Liz has come to generously come to my apartment four times now. We should do an episode of um, HTTV. I always make Zach be my guest star when I cook for my friends' cookbooks, but I'll just like make you come and cook with me. Oh my God, I would love that. We'll make lava cake. Oh my God, can we go? I'll lock my cat in her room. If you will, then sure. <laughs> you know, I'm going to Brooklyn tomorrow for a video shoot. And I almost said to you, like, should we just like film this tomorrow? But it's like a sick, it's like a long hour. And I go, no, she's not going to hide the cat. She's going to cry when we're doing the podcast. I asked this already. <laughs> I have a phobia of cats. If anyone's She's not allergic. She just is afraid of I them. should just start telling people I'm allergic. Then you I'll should. stop being harassed. That's weird. <laughs> cats are scary. There's, cats are very scary. And Rachel Mansfield's new cookbook, Just the Good Stuff, is very beautiful, cool, inspiring, delicious. Thank all of you. the things just like you. Liz, oh, thank you so much for coming and doing this. Yes. Yeah.